Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Idly hey! Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished! A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of The Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast and videocast where we talk to your favorite actors, directors, celebrities from film, television, comedy, music, and more. And today we are sitting down with the creator, uh, the director, and star of this fantastic animated film called Mosley, which will be released in theaters in the U.S. on December 10th. Kirby Atkins, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here today. Great. Thanks for having me. Yes. Well, this uh, seems to be a fun and fantastic animated film. I, I have not had the opportunity to watch it yet. I don't. Um, it wasn't available as a screener per se, but I, I've seen a lot about it, read a lot of press, uh, and it has yourself, of course, helming this thing and some amazing uh, talent surrounding you, Lucy Lawless, uh, John Rhys-Davis, uh, Reese Darby. I mean, good grief. Uh, this is just uh, a cavalcade of of amazing people that you have gotten together for this film. Yeah, and they're uh, all Kiwis. So uh, <laughs> John Reese davies is Welsh, but he lives in New Zealand since uh, Lord of the Rings. He's got a place out there, and he feels quite at home out there right now. So Yeah, that's funny. You know, Lord of the Rings bought a house, you know, just decided to... Uh, yeah, like you do, yeah. <laughs> like That's what I would do if I, you know, made a multi-billion dollar franchise, I guess. Um, why not? So this is a great film. Um, and uh, why don't you let our listeners in just on what they can expect and sort of the genesis... Uh, behind this uh, fantastic project that you've created. Great. Well, uh, it is a it is a, an adventure fantasy film for the entire family. And uh, but I think with one caveat that I think I'm excited about actually, which is that it is a it's a it's less of a comedy and more of a family drama. Yeah. In the sense that it is uh, it's I when I was a kid there were certain films that marked me growing up and I wanted to make one of those movies. And, uh, I, I don't know if, if it's the same for you, but when I was growing up, there were, there were movies like the never ending story and, uh, there, there, and, uh, the black stallion and just great family films that were very dramatic and that, uh, didn't, they sort of had teeth to them in the sense that they, uh, uh, and some weight to them and dealt with heavy themes and weren't just, you know, fart jokes and, and gags and things like <laughs> a lot of animated films are these days. So I wanted to make, I wanted to make an animated film that had that kind of uh, long shelf life to it. Something that uh, would be sort of a, a milestone sort of film for, for any kid who happened to be watching it uh, at that time. And uh, so it, over a long gestation a long period uh of trying to because i basically written a lot of films that hadn't gotten made and directed a lot of tv and done a lot of things in animation but this was one 
project that I wanted to do right. I didn't want it to get turned into hamburger along the way during the production process, which meant that it took basically, you know, almost 15, 20 years to, to get it, to get it up and going. And we actually opened in New Zealand and Australia uh, in 2019. Okay. And so it's, it's been in the Asia Pacific area for a while now, but, but it's taken this long and COVID and everything else contributing uh, to finally get it to open in the U S via Paramount and uh, Saban uh, films. Yeah. Yeah. It, It seems like that it's one of those types of films. Yes. I think that has the heart um, and as a parent of a seven-year-old, I appreciate the fact, uh, because there's just so many types of animated films and, um, you know, you, you mentioned fart jokes, which who, what seven-year-old doesn't like that, but I think it's, you know, it's important also to have stories. I think we're probably close around the same age and, uh, growing up with like an American tale and all these types of uh, cartoons that were really serious and dealt with like uh, the great mouse detective. I mean, these types of movies that weren't just, you know, uh, silly buddy comedies, which, you know, those have a place, but I think it's important clearly to have something, uh, that's important that a family can watch together, um, and enjoy. And, uh, yeah, that's, it's unbelievable how long, it takes to get something like that moving and running and especially to get it into theaters on, especially, you know, backing like Paramount uh, to really get this thing going. Is it, are you focusing on just trying to get it in theaters at this point? Will it go to Paramount plus I'm assuming at some point, I believe we're, I, I believe we're going to be on Paramount. I think we're opening a uh, video on demand and I think for okay. Paramount plus on the same day that it opens. Okay, cinema, great. The sort of how a lot of things, these things are done now. Yeah. And so, uh, but then the DVD will also be available uh, and people can, will find it at target and all these kind of places. Uh, on the 14th so it, it'll be uh so it, it's not the, you know the way movies come out these days is a whole lot different <laughs> than it it's used to way be. different yeah <laughs> i mean especially this within the last year how content has changed the landscape is not the same that it used to be um i mean there are clearly movies that are targeting just for theaters only but for a while there i know disney and all these other companies Uh, And I think Paramount Plus was kind of born out of the idea of trying to get the same kind of zhuzh for distribution and money-wise as it would be like coming out in theaters. Like, well, instead of giving it away for free, let's set up a subscriber service and then people can watch these movies. Very exciting. I mean, there's a lot of themes just reading about this and a lot of different storylines going on. But as a creator and somebody who stars in it and... I believe your daughter is in this too, so that has to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, talk about that a little bit and what it's a, what the experience was like. Um, I guess that gets rid of my next question about the kids being in the industry. So clearly, they have an interest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, it it's odd because, like I mentioned before, this was a story that had been living in me for a long time. It really began back way back in 1997 right after my daughter was born okay and i started uh actually before any financing for the film or anything like that had come i basically just started because i was just so into the thing that i was creating 
I basically just started making the movie. I just started storyboarding the film and cutting it together. And uh, so I basically cut the animatic uh, for this film uh, from beginning to end uh, with my own storyboards and me just doing the voices and everything else, mainly because I was just excited uh, to just see it come to life in my basement office, you know? And so anytime I could get uh, a moment uh, when I wasn't writing or directing or, or animating on something else, I would uh, go down to my office and do another, start drawing another sequence and start creating a, a whole uh, another section to the film. And then uh, by the time my daughter was six years old, I, uh, she was very aware of this world and, uh, and these characters and she could draw and so she would sit on the floor and she would be drawing with me while wow. I'd be in the She knew all the characters. She knew all the stories. She would play the story on her uh, in her room. And I could hear her pretending the story herself. And so I there was a there was a point in as I was putting the animatic together that I thought I need some I need a kid's voice for this one character, Rue. And then I thought, well, hey, I got a kid. I can just use my kid. <laughs> And so I, we got down on our hands and knees and we just pretended the story. And that's when things really became, uh, really started to come together because like some sort of six-year-old Robin Williams or something, she was, uh, she was, it was like doing improv with a six-year-old. She had, she would do these asides and just make up these little side moments in the story. She would stick to the story as kids do because they, they, it's like ritual. They know where things go. And so she was perfect in the sense that she knew the story, but she would do these little asides and stuff completely uninhibited because you know how child actors, they can be, they can overdo it. Sure. And they're completely, they're more self-aware uh, than I think, uh, you know, adult actors are and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and they can put on the shtick and all this other kind of stuff. But Leah was just playing. She wasn't acting. She was just pretending. And we were just in our own home on our hands and knees with a microphone and just pretending all this out. So it ends up being, and you know, I don't know if you've seen with some of these animated films like Bambi Thumper and Bambi or the kids in the Charlie Brown Christmas special and all this other kind of stuff. When you get real kids and they're sort of in this unself-aware place to where they're actually playing and pretending, you get this amazingly genuine performance. And so she, her, she and I were just interacting and just having fun and pretending the story. And that exact, that exact audio, that audio that we recorded during those, during that time is the exact performances that you'll hear in the film. It's actually us playing in our house. And, uh, and by the time it, all the financing came in and it was time to actually make the movie and spend millions of dollars and all this other kind of stuff, we, we had all that we had this amazing cast and everything. And we recorded all these guys professionally in uh, New Zealand. And then I go to the sound design people and I hand them over the audio to me and my daughter playing. And I'm like, I want to use this. And they're, they listen to it and it sounds fine, but you can also hear her clothes and, yeah. her, and <laughs> the, the floor squeaking cause she's moving around. And I, and they're like, we should probably recast this and get better audio. But I'm like, no, this is where the good stuff is, is, is that performance. If we redid that performance, we're probably going to get some kid actor in there and they're going to, there's going to be a lot of gloss and no juice. Right. 
And so I wanted that, I wanted that performance juice to be in there. And, and to these guys credit, they were miracle workers. They, they re went over the audio with a fine tooth comb, pulled out all the noise, pulled out all the distracting sounds and things like that. And now she sounds, and she ended up sounding just in, in the cinema. She sounds just as good and just as professionally recorded as John Reese Davies and Reese Darby and Lucy and all these people who, who did voices for us. So that ended up being really where the film took off. And then, uh, you know, the producers, uh, I didn't think I was going to get to play Mosley. I didn't think I was going to get to play that part. I thought we would recast that with some sort of superstar or something, but it, it became <laughs> apparent, I think to everybody involved that it wasn't just her voice, but it was our interactions that felt real. And so they kept me as Mosley and I got to play the main character and uh, we pretty much front loaded the, the film with uh, the other celebrities uh, who did uh, amazing work. And that way I got to sort of play the main role, which was a surprise to me. Yeah, that's fantastic, especially, you know, when you're kind of helming all of it, yeah. but then you get to like play too, you know, I mean, I imagine it's all fun, you know, but it's also a lot of hard work, especially when you are kind of taking this from the ground up and really, you know, just doing everything. Fantastic. It's very exciting. And again, that's great that you're able to use your child as part of the project and amazing sound editors uh, to yeah. be able to, because someone who does audio, I can imagine the, the endless cumulus hours of trying to, you know, clean up audio. Uh, but that's great. Fantastic. I guess the big question, Kirby, is, I mean, we've talked about what the film is about and sort of kind of the genesis of it. But it, what would be a big takeaway that you would have that you hope audiences get, uh, you know, on a very visceral level, the message um, outside of just, you know, being entertained? Absolutely. Well, the, the, the main premise of the movie is that we have in this sort of fictitious past, we have if you're a farmer, uh, you could get a horse to pull your plow or an ox to pull your plow, but you could also get uh if you spent some little bit of money you could get these creatures called thorophants okay which are and unlike any other animal in this world these animals can talk and these animals are self-conscious and uh and so the relationship then between the the animal and the master is more is less of an animal master relationship more of a slave master relationship so that uh you so the, the basic story is we have these beasts of bird. We have a small family, mostly his young son and his wife and a baby on the way. And they live in the barn of this cruel farmer. And one day, uh, Rue, the youngest one, finds a cave with drawings of creatures just like themselves, enormous drawings on the paintings on the cave. And, uh, and only these are different in that they stand upright and they have hands. And so the question, there's this mystery about, well, what happened to us? What tragic thing happened to us? And I'll be honest, the germ of the film came from the really kind of silly place as a kid that I always watched, you know, old Mickey Mouse cartoons. And, and there was Mickey Mouse and he had a pet Pluto, his dog, but he also had a next door neighbor who was also a dog. <laughs> yes. This dog had hands and could and dressed in clothes and had a mortgage and a car, 
And in my mind, I was always going, what the hell happened to Pluto? You know, that that <laughs> he not evolve or what what happened? And this sort of I, I began to sort of see a, a large epic come out of this in regard to the fact that we're dealing with what if what if you had this sympathetic uh, these sympathetic creatures who somehow fate had not allowed them to evolve as hard as far as their hearts were meant to go. And then you, you, it goes into the metaphor that I think we all feel about what, what if we were meant to do wonderful things, but somehow something stopped us. Somehow we, we, we weren't uh, allowed to, to uh, achieve all of that potential. And so, and as with fairy tales, because fairy tales do this, fairy tales do this differently than any other kind of story does. If you're watching a movie like All the President's Men or something like that, that movie is about what that movie is about, which is Watergate. That's what it's about. But fairy tales have this ability to pull out something emotionally in us to where we sort of feel like we're seeing an allegory of our own lives uh, playing out. And, uh, and the, and, Mosley is no different. The, uh, the allegories can abound in this and the applicability can abound. So it does what a good fable and a good fairy tale does is it gives you a situation, but it also cre- it also pulls emotional heartstrings to where you're wondering. And I like movies that change me. I sure. like movies that you walk out and you're feeling, you're feeling, what does this mean for me? Or what could I, how could I do similar in the world that I live in? And Mosley absolutely does that. So Wonderful. I cannot wait to watch this with my son. We'll definitely be watching it this weekend. And uh, be sure to see the film. It's going to be amazing. We've been chatting with Kirby Atkins, who is the, uh, he does everything in this movie, writing, <laughs> directing, uh, producing, and voice acting. Uh, this will be a fantastic and fun film uh, for the family. Kirby, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.